As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is supported by Patrons. You can find the full list of them in the description of this episode. Hello, hello, listeners of Good Morning BSS World Podcast. This is another episode and with another very interesting guest. Today I am connecting again with uh, Ukraine, or actually not. I am connecting with Cyprus, but we will talk about Ukrainian IT. My guest is Irena Manukovska. Hello, Irena. How are you? Hi, Victor. I'm fine. How are you? I'm very, very well, and I'm very happy that uh, today I have an opportunity to have a chat with you about Ukrainian IT industry. So, because those are the monthly talks about the Ukrainian IT industry, how was January 2023 in Ukrainian IT? Um, so, uh, on the one hand, we have received like fresh data from analytics and we were very happy that IT industry is continuing to grow in despite of war. Uh, I mean, in terms of uh, volume of money of uh, services uh, that were expert during the previous year. And it was uh, like good news uh, uh, after Christmas. Uh, but I think January was uh, pretty... Like it's uh, in, in usual, normally we have January, it's very calm month, so people are going to vacation or whatever. And this January, I can't say that a lot of people went for their vacation. Obviously, it's war happening in the country and a lot of things has changed, but still people are tired a little bit. Uh, so it was like, I can say it was a little bit relaxed. So in terms of activity, which is happening in Ukraine, it wasn't relaxed because our neighbor and our attacker uh, and, and you know this uh, guys uh, always have something uh, to do but uh, and uh, one very interesting thing that um, a lot of people they are uh, adapted so well so previously when we have um, this blackouts because of uh, electricity chain was damaged uh we have a problem with uh, mobile connection during those period because all people were using uh, their mobile phones to do some stuff so now almost everyone they have maybe some kind of i don't know generator or power banks or whatever so people internet providers everyone they just adapted and adapted their workflows to it so i think uh, like we became a little bit more resilient than we even were during previous months. 
I also heard that um, IT Ukraine Association especially is moving more abroad and uh, now is becoming very active on the UK and in the Irish markets. So it looks like that this expansion of um, providing awareness of how European, how Ukrainian IT industry is operating is just going more and more, let's say, uh, abroad this time to UK or the Irish market. Uh, exactly. Uh, we have um, talked to AT Ukraine Association regarding this market because they have very big plans. And actually, we have made our inner um, analytics uh, on different kind of markets. And we also have chosen this market uh, for our next year, I mean, for 2023, uh, to work more precisely with. Um, and uh, yeah, it sounds like potential and a lot of companies. So, as I see, as I may see uh, in Cyprus, I live in Cyprus for last three years but i work for a ukrainian company so a lot of it companies have moved to different european countries maybe uh they have not relocated uh like all stuff but particularly and they're trying to build some kind of communities in each area they are set to operate in and they support each other help each other and it's very good we even have a special tech community for women it tech uh, I don't know, developers, whomever, uh, and uh, they try to support women in tech. So there are a lot of things happening here. And uh, the thing I'm proud most and maybe like most that people are trying to build this community to collaborate and to create something bigger than they could just do by themselves. So you mentioned that you live in Cyprus, but you work for Europe, uh, Ukrainian IT company. So now let's focus on this Ukrainian IT company you are representing. What is this business and uh, where is it operating? Uh, our company, it's called Jevra Software Solutions. We are located mostly in uh, Chernihiv. Uh, it was a city that was affected a lot uh, during the first part of war and first part of invasion, let's say though. And uh, we have delivery centers across Ukraine where uh, like bespoke or boutique approach we're using bespoke or boutique approach so we're almost 80 people uh who work for these companies uh, most of them are living in ukraine some of them are living abroad and we are helping telco and retail companies in europe and in states to drive their legacy migration uh, faster and less painful so uh, that's what we do for living and your role in the company? Oh, I'm CMO, a chief marketing officer. So I'm responsible for promotion of our services and uh, everything we're doing inside our company to like white public, our clients and partners. So having said that, I guess this is quite a challenging job actually to, to do this kind of a promotion. So which markets do you target the most? Uh, previously, we were targeting like European Union in general because we have quite precise um, expertise uh, in telecommunication industry. So we have very deep knowledge in this industry. We have done a lot for different kind of operators across the globe. So it's like really very special knowledge. So we were targeting mostly not on geography, but on industry we serve uh, and uh, our experience is allocated uh, but now we have decided to target uh, more precisely on uk market as well like an it association uh just because um, it has a lot of uh, fast growing virtual mobile companies they're called mvnos uh and they're 
appearing not only for telecommunications, but also for retail companies. So banking, retail, I don't know, uh, healthcare, maybe even uh, they start their virtual operators uh, to create like holistic ecosystem for end customer. And uh, we think it could be a very interesting opportunity for us as well to uh, do something a little bit new for us, not only like telco, telco, but uh, something in between telco, retail, telco, healthcare or whatever. Okay, so this is UK and this is European Union, the US market as well? Uh, yes, but uh, I can't say we have like very strong footprint in US market. US market is very big and it's very challenging and there are a lot of competitors, uh, but we still have clients from this market and uh, we have long lasting relationship with them. We value them and we're trying to uh, develop our customer network through maybe the partnership and recommendation as we have uh, this uh, business relationship with clients. So we try to work in this way, um, but we'll see what will come next. So everything started with telcos. Telco is a huge, huge industry and actually all IT also is based on telco. Come on, yeah, we need to somehow connect with, yeah. with each other. Yeah, and, and now it is moving to this, which you mentioned, the retail banking, healthcare, so some kind of a co connecting points where this telco is also present. And what do you usually do for those industries? How, how does your work impact those industries which you work with? Uh, actually, our main area of expertise, it's uh, on the one hand, it's uh, making backend systems more user-friendly and more efficient for their end users, I mean, for employees. Uh, so if employee can operate the system faster, more efficient, with less mistakes, obviously, it will generate more revenue and more happy customers to our end client. And that's actually what we're doing for retail. So it's transformation of contact centers, making onboarding faster, uh, making uh, the process of order management faster and easier, and especially it may become crucial if a um, retailer operates not only in online or offline, but when retail company has both. Because in between, there are a lot of very, very special business processes and a lot of conflict secure. So you need uh, to manage them properly. Otherwise, you will receive some kind of unhappy clients or I don't know, whatever. But at the end, you will lose money. So and... Uh, for uh, healthcare, we have a couple of projects. Uh, uh, mostly it was during the time of COVID. So we're helping healthcare companies to provide their services um, uh, remotely because previously we all have used to, okay, you can go into, I don't know, walk-in clinic or some kind of hospital or whatever. But during the COVID, uh, a lot of things has changed. And uh, even this COVID testing procedure, uh, which you were obliged to do during the traveling or whatever. So everything moved to online and we were helping uh, healthcare companies actually to move all the services online too. So it's like scheduling of your uh, visit, COVID testing, whatever, and doing it much faster with I don't know, user-friendly receiving of results. Now it sounds like something generic, uh, but uh, in 2020, when we were all shocked with uh, this pandemic, uh, it was pretty unique for uh, healthcare, uh, healthcare industry. That sounds quite complex, to be honest. Oh, yeah, but, uh, you know, IT is complex. Uh, I, I mean... It connects a lot of and involves a lot of processes and uh, particles and parts. So 
you need to connect business people and tech people and they're pretty different they their decision making process is different their psychology and mentality is different so i think it is about connecting all this various stuff and some system that may works and contribute to, to the i don't know general sustainable process or whatever maybe it sounds too um romantic but i think it's something i believe in and that's why i'm working in this industry <laughs> You are the first person ever who told me that IT can be romantic. <laughs> okay. But, but we can describe it somehow like that. And when it comes to building your relationship with your clients, how long usually does it take? Is it like one-offs, which usually happen that somebody has some kind of a challenge and you are just providing answer to that? Or it, is it rather a long-term partnership and just going deeper and deeper in the needs of your clients? Uh, actually, we aim the second option. Uh, so sometimes even when we have clients from Upwork, uh, I think you know about the system. So normally people are trying to hire like one developer there. So we are, to, are talking to clients and they saying that, okay, it could be some kind of... Um, uh, tip of the iceberg or whatever. Uh, so we're interested in um, long-lasting relationship and in building some kind of solution. So um, it's not only some kind of outstaffing or uh, when you just, okay, we can hire a developer for you, do whatever you want or need with them, but do it ethically. Uh, so we are aiming on uh, creating solutions which can involve our expertise and our knowledge and but all and support client with this knowledge um, and normally all solutions that are really valuable for your business you can't enroll them for one month i mean e even serum system if you take something like salesforce i mean something which is already in cloud and have a lot of scenarios pre-built for like any kind of big organization even 100 people you can't enroll it like for hour two or week you need a lot of time to make to adjust it to your business so it could contribute and generate value so that's where we're trying to do with our clients and normally it takes some time that's why for us it's very important the first stage we call it discovery stage to understand what is happening inside clients business it infrastructure ecosystem and whatever is related to what we're going to work with so this help us to create like a roadmap and step-by-step -step process but then we're like we believe in agile so we're aiming on uh, that every step can already may bring some kind of improvement to a business so it's not like you're waiting for a year something big is happen should happen uh so and i think for client as well is very good when you're talking about long-lasting relationship because you need to spend less time on onboarding so onboarding process as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, even if you have very precise technical description, it takes a lot of time. And if your team already knows what you have, how it works, and how it should work, uh, you save time and as end you save money. I mean, you need to invest uh, in to make this all onboarding process, all this uh, boring details. So I think it's important. And also long resting relationships, they're about relationships. So people like to work with people. Uh, so we don't like chatbots. We want to talk some to some I don't know, flesh human being because uh, it's normal for people to talk to other people, I think. Yeah, you are very, very much right. Even though we live in the full electronic world, I would say, and moving more and more into automation, digitalization, this is rather human-to-human relations which we need and which we focus on. You mentioned about this discovery phase. Uh, Is it like that, that this phase can be done remotely, so you are just somehow asking proper questions, getting proper answers? Or does this phase require, for example, the visits of your team members just to go to the client site and gather this required information to be able to move with the project? Actually, it depends because uh, we have clients in Ukraine uh, and we have clients abroad. So uh, for Ukrainian clients, uh, we normally try to visit them in person. Uh, But uh, for a lot of our European and States clients, for them, it's much more convenient when you can do some kind of webinar or online session. We have our framework, how to do them so they would be effective not just like, I don't know, one conference room and everyone uh, is talking. Uh, So it could be done both depending on um, uh, the job should be done and how much time do we wait. And we like to travel to visit our clients. And actually now uh, there is a a lower resolution. I'm not uh, sure how it's called properly from legislative point of view from Ministry of Ukraine. Uh, So uh, now IT specialists uh, would be allowed to travel on business trip for temporary traveling. So I think it also may help uh, to secure the connection because what we're seeing now, it was not part of your question, but I think it's important that a lot of new clients, they're a little bit maybe uh, afraid to work with Ukrainian companies because uh, they are not sure whether the risk is secured somehow. So for them, it maybe sounds like too much. And we're happy that we have like these first steps from the government, which support us uh, and the government understand the importance of this. Uh, so we could um, uh, make our clients feel more secured, uh, that the way can travel, the team is here. So it's not so like uh, bad. Because even in Ukraine, in Chernihiv, we have relocated our office uh, in a special place. So we have our generator, we have our Starlink, uh, and we have our food and everything. So it's like, uh, I can't say it's like uh, 100% bomb shoulder, but looks like this. And people come there, they work there. So they have their team nearby. It helps them with their mental health. And also uh, they're secured in, temporal, in terms of, I don't know, blackouts or whatever. We have made uh, pretty similar stuff in in Kyiv, where it's our second office, and a lot of other companies, like most of them, they did the same. So uh, they like managed to control this infrastructure, the key issues, so delivery could keep on delivering. 
and when it comes to your let's say international presence so because the ukraine is secured okay you are you are at least in two two places you are an example of an external employee who works in completely different uh, location which is cyprus do you also have representatives uh, of your company who are for example present somewhere in the european union or in the uk where where those are your target markets uh yes actually our ceo she has uh, moved to warsaw so she is now almost your uh, my neighbor yeah neighbor uh so and uh, we have a couple of our sea uh, level and not only sea level specialists who are like traveling a little bit so traveling across the countries because there are some other markets we are also developing like mana region i can't say it's our strategy but we have some leads and uh, we see potential of this market so we're making these small steps in investigation process also we have uh, colleagues who are in turkey or albany uh, so i guess it was our strategy before the war to hire international teams uh, we were mostly um, aimed to support local economic economy with uh, some internal uh, external uh, investments but now we yes we are traveling and we plan to establish some kind of uh, footprint in united kingdom because as far as we see for this market it's very important to be present on site uh, so because people like those kind of relationships which are long-lasting and uh, normally it's assumed that you have some kind of person who can be accessible I do confirm it. I was uh, some time ago actually running one of the businesses in UK and it was very much warmly welcome to be on site. Yeah, so to be close with your business partners, with your clients and so on and so on. And actually German market is also very similar. So both of those markets, they are very much open for outsourcing, for nearshoring or even offshoring. But it's good to be close to them with your like a business partnership presence or something like that. So I do I do confirm it. So it means that if I correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like that that all of your operations, so all your service delivery is done from um, Ukraine, but you've got your representatives in various locations around Europe, uh, also in the UK and like you in Cyprus or your CEO in Warsaw, who are representing your business and supporting its growth and uh, being close to the clients, yes? Exactly, and actually um, before the war and now, it's uh, the most popular maybe schema for Ukrainian IT companies. So they have representative offices where clients are, it could be states, Japan, whatever country, but the delivery center, uh, I mean, the most part of the delivery center would be located in Ukraine. Uh, it's also part of this business model, I mean, in terms of economy. Uh, and uh, the second option, uh, the second thing is that uh, um, there are not so many developers in Europe. That's why offshore and nearshore was and it became possible. So um, having delivery center and actually every big company uh, if delivery center is allocated in some suburb, for example, Chernihiv, it's not a very big city, and we work closely there with their university. So we could access to the fresh baked developers uh, and uh, mentor them, help them, and employ them afterwards. So that's how it works. I am wondering if there will be ever times where there are enough programmers or IT people on the market, but it looks like this is a challenge everywhere. 
I don't know. They all tell us that artificial intelligence will kill this industry. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will go to chat GPT and ask, write me a program for telco industry and it will just write it down. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, if we uh, would like to get the companies closer to you, to allow them to find you, how? How to, what to advise them? Yeah. So if any telco client or retail or or this healthcare client would like to get more about to know more about your business, so where this person should go to? Uh, the most uh, easy one uh, easy step is just to go to our website. It's www.jevera.software. It's like was part of advertising. You can cut it off if you need it, uh, or you can uh, access any kind of our C-level employee in LinkedIn. We're pretty active there, so we have LinkedIn page. We share some kind of interesting insights there, and uh, in linkedin page you have people section and normally the top of the people section are those who are the most active and those who are c-level so we would be happy to help um, any company who needs some kind of legacy migration for better future i am not going to cut it off because actually one of the roles of this podcast is actually to get closer the business to the uh, to the companies who are providing interesting solutions for them so uh, I will add even the, the link to your pages and to your LinkedIn to the you. description of this podcast. So we will help other people just to find you a little bit, a bit easier. Did we miss anything in our talk today? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, this thing, um, it's maybe like moment of proud or something. Uh, I, or side effect of this war, I liked most that a lot of companies, they started to uh, paying more attention to employees' mental health. So when the war started, we had a program uh, with coaching and psychologists, nutritionists, and other specialists who were given like webinars and supportive uh, one-to-one meetings for employees so they could uh, just understand how to release the stress, how to work with stress, and uh, do they need an extra support from psychologists, for example, or something. And now I see that a lot of companies on the market, they are hiring uh, full-time psychologists, for example, to support um, mental health of their employees. And I think it's a uh, um, very good uh, side effect of war. I mean, the war is bad, obviously, but that people started to pay uh, more attention to their mental health and that companies start to work with employees' mental health and uh, with making this remote and online relationships because a lot of people currently they're working like 100% online like it was during the COVID but you have like an extra stress so it's very important to um, give some kind of tools and instruments frameworks I don't know whatever what uh, to allow teams uh, to collaborate I mean so we could stay humans because you can use any kind of planning tool to um, see all your works uh, or jobs should be done but it doesn't make any kind of human touch of this collaboration so and this thing i like a lot that there's mental health and different kind of uh, uh, remote communication tips uh, or i don't know solutions there are a lot of them on the market i mean like ideas so for example in our marketing team we have a non-standard retro every friday so it's like uh, just we're talking about uh, issues we have they are not related to work so maybe someone got a sick kid someone i don't know needs to choose a present for his wife or husband whatever so we're just 
chatting like you know normally you are chatting near coffee machine or cooler drinking water or whatever and uh, that's i like that people started to value this relationship more and pay more attention to what's happening inside of them because it affects productivity very much first two years of pandemics then one year of war i guess that all of the psychologists had plenty of work and will still continue to have and especially hearing now listening to you and hearing what you are saying the business requires that a lot yeah so so this is a, a very important part of the hr let's say philosophy hr role within within businesses even in it businesses as we can hear so yeah every business i think should do something like this okay Irina, I, it was a pleasure actually to talk to you. I, I didn't expect I would connect Cyprus today, but something happens like that even. I need to visit Cyprus one day. Okay, just feel free to contact me. I will make you a tour. We have a, very, a lot of nice things to see here. You would be surprised. You would be surprised. Thank you very much, Irina, for today. <laughs> thank you so much and thank you for everyone who were listening or would listen to us. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 